Greetings, this is podcast number 90 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today we're going to discuss an incredibly immoral way to make huge sums of money. Vulture funds which prey on destitute third world nations. As you might imagine, there's a strong right-wing connection. Let's get right into it. My sources for this segment are democracynow.org, special thanks to them for all the audio clips, the website of the British Broadcasting Company, the BBC, the British newspaper, The Guardian, jubileeusa.org, and the CIA Factbook. In critically important podcast number 56, I set forth the four ways the Western industrialized world economically exploits the third world. One of these ways is putting third world nations on a downward spiraling debt treadmill. First world banks and nations lend huge sums of money to corrupt dictators and military juntas knowing that most of the funds are not being used to benefit the people of those nations. Quite the opposite. The funds are used to finance repression of the majority and or are stolen for private gain by those dictators and military leaders. But who will have to repay those loans? Not the dictators. The citizens of those countries, the majority of whom are poor, they'll have to repay these loans, the principal and interest, through their taxes. Many countries are forced to spend far more on repaying the loans than on health care and education and other needs of their people. In other words, this right-wing policy causes increased human misery, suffering, pain, and death. Today, we'll discuss a nefarious offshoot of this process, vulture funds. First, I'll give you an overview of the vulture fund process. Next, we'll go over some specific examples of vulture funds in action. Finally, we'll discuss the right-wing connection to all of this, aside from the obvious element of unbridled, unconcerned with moral implications, greed. The overview. In the third world debt arena, vulture funds, quote, are companies which buy up the debt of poor nations cheaply when it's about to be written off, then sue for the full value of the debt plus interest, close quote. According to investigative reporter Greg Pallast, political muscle and bribery are also employed by the vulture funds to secure the money they seek. Vulture funds operate worldwide, seeking jurisdictions whose courts will recognize their claims. Once they get a judgment in their favor, they rush over to the U.S. court system. Here, they seek court orders to seize the assets of the country in question. In one instance, a vulture fund sought to take a country's diplomatic buildings in Washington, D.C. As you can imagine, any money collected by the Vulture Fund is that much less funding for education, health care, nutrition programs, or other efforts by a third world government to improve the lives of their poor majority. Gordon Brown is the British Chancellor of the Exchequer, akin to our Secretary of the Treasury. Speaking to the UN in 2002, he declared, quote, 
we particularly condemn the perversity where vulture funds purchase debt at a reduced price and make a profit from suing the debtor country to recover the full amount owed, a morally outrageous outcome. Close quote. Let's go on to some specific examples. A vulture fund preying on Zambia has been in the news lately. Back in 1979, Zambia borrowed millions of dollars from Romania to buy some Romanian tractors. Some sources say the initial debt figure was 15 million, others 30 million. Not important for the context here. 20 years later, after Zambia was unable to keep up the payments, the two nations agreed to settle the debt for $3 million. But before the agreement could be put into writing and finalized, a vulture fund swooped in and somehow persuaded Romania to sell the debt to it instead. So now the vulture fund owns the debt. What does it do? It sues Zambia for the entire debt plus interest. That's the real kicker, plus interest. The amount that Zambia now owes, the Vulture Fund claims, when interest is added, is about $42 million. The Vulture Fund seeks to secure a judgment outside the United States, then will utilize U.S. courts to enforce the judgment by seizing the money from Zambia's bank accounts in the U.S. What does this mean to Zambia if it's allowed to come to pass? If the bond speculators get the money instead of the Zambian people, who earn on average less than a dollar a day. According to the CIA Factbook, 80% of the population of Zambia lives below the poverty line. 80%! Debt relief for third world nations was designed for countries like Zambia. As it turns out, Zambia was coincidentally scheduled to receive some $40 million in debt relief. Let's hear from Martin Kalunga Banda, an advisor to the Zambian president. He's also a consultant to Oxfam, the international development, advocacy, and relief agency working to put an end to poverty worldwide. The kind of money we are talking about in excess of $40 million is literally wiping out Zambia's annual savings arising from debt relief. When you are talking about any amount, $40 million or thereabout, to be paid to service some unfair debt, you are talking about in excess of um, 300,000 children being prevented from going to school. The debt relief savings were also earmarked for fighting AIDS. Zambia has a horrific rate of 20% infection among adults. On that, Mr. Kolonga Banda said, quote, it also means the treatment, the medicines that would have been available to an excess of 100,000 people in the country will not be available, close quote. Zambia's present government is ruling much more in the interests of the Zambian people than had been the case with the government in power when the debt was incurred. Zambians are thus also well aware that the initial debt borrowing was illegitimate, quote. Mr. Kolongabanda added that, while the repayment might be legal, it arose from debts accrued when the country was under an undemocratic system. He said, quote, The consequences of the debt are impacting on the people of Zambia. The Zambians at the time did not even have even the capacity to know this was happening, and that is probably what brings in this issue of unfairness. Close quote. And the money won't even go to the original holder of the illegitimate debt, Romania, which had been ready to forgive most of it. 
but to the Vulture Fund, which, as you'll see in a bit, is run by Western bond speculators who apparently feel no qualms about taking AIDS medicine away from impoverished third world patients. As you might expect, and hope, Western advocates against oppression and exploitation of the third world are up in arms over this situation. Jubilee USA works for debt relief and international economic justice. Carolyn Pierce of that group said, quote, Profiteering doesn't get any more cynical than this. Zambia has been planning to spend the money released from debt cancellation on much-needed nurses, teachers, and infrastructure. This is what debt cancellation is intended for, not to line the pockets of businessmen based in rich countries. Close quote. Here in her own words is Kristen Sundell, the director of Jubilee USA. You'll notice she uses the figure of $20 million because a British court, which just ruled in favor of the Vulture Fund, is expected to peg the amount due at $20 million, not $42 million. And the Michael Sheehan she refers to owns the Vulture Fund preying on Zambia. More on him and other Vulture Fund operators later. The money that was freed up through debt cancellation for the people of Zambia was the result of 10 years of campaigning by people uh, in the Global South and the Global North working together um, for debt cancellation. And I recently returned from Zambia where I was a member of a delegation from Jubilee USA to see some of the impacts of debt cancellation there. And uh, we visited hospitals where user fees have just recently been abolished with the proceeds from debt cancellation. We were told about plans to hire thousands of additional teachers with money freed by debt cancellation. And um, if, uh, if Michael Sheehan collects $20 million, that will take fully half of the money that was freed up this year by debt cancellation and would certainly uh, prevent the Zambian government from implementing these plans. Zambia, of course, is not the only struggling third world nation the vulture funds are circling over. How about Peru? Back in 1996, a vulture fund bought some discounted Peruvian debt for $11 million and wound up getting $58 million from Peru. Listen to what happened to the Congo. A vulture fund paid about $10 million for some discounted debt from the Congo. The fund turned that into a $127 million judgment in a British court. Horrible enough. But the Vulture Fund wasn't satisfied with that. The British court had found that the Congo had set up front companies to hide assets. So coming into the U.S. courts, the Vulture Fund is seeking to collect triple damages under the U.S. federal RICO statute, Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Law, which was intended to fight mafia-type activities. By seeking treble damages, the Vulture Fund hopes to turn its $10 million investment into nearly $400 million. Trying to turn $10 million into $400 million to be paid for by the impoverished citizens of a third world nation. After a quick break, we'll talk about who are the men behind these Vulture Funds, their relationship to right-wingerdom, and how the fate of many of the citizens of these nations is in the hands of... God help them, George W. Bush.
your one-minute voting report. Not good this month. We've been stuck at number 11 for a week and a half. We're actually almost a 100 votes short of where we were this time last month. If we had as many votes now as we had back then, we'd be at number 5. Let me explain something. When I see my votes go up, I get energized to do the podcast. I want to see my votes start going up again, so I'm energized to continue to do this weekly podcast. I want to thank all of you who have voted already. To you who voted in the past and not yet this month, and to you who have never voted, I have an offer for you. I continue to hope you can't refuse. You get two hours a month of a podcast you like to listen to, and all I ask in return is 10 seconds of your time once a month to vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley. You can vote from the one-click link on the podcast homepage. Two hours for 10 seconds. You could even go vote right now if you want to. Deal? Cool. Who are the men behind these vulture funds? Who could do such things? One gentleman named Michael Sheehan owns Debt Advisory International, which manages vulture fund companies out of the Virgin Islands. One such company is Donegal, the vulture fund suing Zambia. Sheehan has been said to use the domain name Goldfinger, the villain in an early James Bond film, although I couldn't find any such website. A publicity-shy billionaire named Paul Singer owns the vulture funds FG Hemisphere and Elliott Associates. Elliott Associates was behind the Peruvian debt purchase. Paul Elliott and Michael Sheehan are together suing the Congo. There are, of course, others. The right-wing connections to these individuals and their vulture funds are in methods, lobbying, and fundraising. Regarding methods, how about the old right-wing standbys, bribes, and personal attacks? In the Zambia case, the current government of that nation has alleged that Michael Sheehan paid a $2 million bribe to the previous Zambian president, Frederick Chaluba, to secure payment of the debt. Chaluba, coincidentally, is now being tried on a variety of corruption charges. According to an email, the payment was to be made to, quote, the president's favorite charity, close quote. To be fair, Sheehan claims the money helped build several thousand houses for the poor. Hmm. Right-wingers also love to bring up red herrings to distract attention from an issue often by means of personal attacks on advocates for the other side. In the Congo situation, that country's president visited Washington last year. Greg Pallas says that Paul Singer's vulture fund Elliott Associates ran a smear campaign against him, basically trying to paint him as a Marxist whom Bush shouldn't listen to regarding relief from the vulture funds. Pallas says they, quote, did a kind of Hugo Chavez, close quote, on him. And as to lobbying, guess who Michael Sheehan paid a quarter million dollars to? Jack Abramoff's firm, Greenberg Traurig. How about fundraising? Paul Singer was, and maybe still is, George Bush's number one donor. He gave $300,000 in 2000 and $1.2 million in 2004. He's now one of Rudy Giuliani's chief fundraisers. You may be wondering, 
why the need for influential lobbyists like Abramoff's firm and massive contributions directly to the Republicans. Because George Bush, with a stroke of his pen, could prevent Sheehan, Singer, and all the rest of the vultures from collecting their money. That's right. There is a legal doctrine called comity, whereby one country extends the courtesy of enforcing within its borders the court rulings of another country. But comedy need not be extended if to do so would be at odds with U.S. foreign policy. Official U.S. foreign policy is in favor of debt reduction for third world nations. Let us continue to ex support the expanded trade and debt relief that are the best hope for lifting lives and eliminating poverty. So George Bush could tell the U.S. court in the Zambia case as well as in all other such cases, that to enforce the judgments on those impoverished third world nations, making them pay off illegitimate debts that were supposed to be forgiven, would be at odds with U.S. foreign policy. This situation has come to the attention of Representative John Conyers, a Democrat from Michigan and chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He spoke to Amy Goodman and Juan Gonzalez. Can you talk about how your meeting went with the president yesterday? Well, we talked essentially about Iraq, uh, Katrina, and uh, the domestic breakdown that's going on right now. But it was my job, I felt, to raise the whole question of this bond speculation that goes on at the expense of poor debtor countries in which uh, they, their debt is bought up and then they're sued for the full amount. It's bought up at pennies on the dollar and uh, then they're sued. And I wanted to thank you for revealing this uh, to us because it allowed me to ask President Bush uh, two questions. One about Paul Singer and Michael Sheehan, and two, uh, whether he would be willing to stop this uh, incredible misuse of uh, our government's charity toward uh, funding uh, aid to our poor nations. And, and what was the president's response to your question? <laughs> His response was, uh, I didn't know anything about this, and he assigned a staffer to get on it uh, right away. And so it's, it's our position that the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and the comedy doctrine brought from our Constitution allows the president to require that courts defer in individual suits against foreign nations. And so we're conducting uh, a couple of things. First of all, we want to know where that these practices are going on at the present time, uh, and two, uh, how we can get this information to President Bush so that he can, uh, as he indicated to us, stop it immediately. We want an investigation into this bond speculation uh, as it applies to, to anyone in, in our uh, universe that's helping uh, 
exploit these very poor nations in terms of of the uh, inability to repay uh, international aid loans. Will Bush do it? Will he deny the vulture funds their ill-gotten gains? Here's the man who brought this all to light, Greg Palast. Under U.S. law, the President of the United States has the absolute power to stop any vulture fund from collecting money from a poor nation. Under, under the U.S. Constitution, it's called the power of comity. Um, the African nations are pleading with George Bush to stop his big donors from collecting. Now, what's happening is, is that in the State of the Union, George Bush said, we have to give debt relief to the poorest nations. The U.S. taxpayers are putting up more than a billion dollars to write off the debts of the African nations. But what Bush isn't saying is that he is then allowing that money to be captured by his biggest donors, like Paul Singer, so that the money for debt relief is not going to the African nations where they're desperately in need for, you know, for uh, funding for um, uh, medicine for AIDS, for education, which is what it's earmarked for. These guys are actually going into U.S. courts and saying, give us the money. Now, George Bush, again, has the absolute power, and the judges are waiting for him to write a note. They're saying, George Bush can ask us to dismiss this case in one minute, but we need something in writing from the White House. This may be one of those rare times that the right wing has to do the right thing because of the glare of public scrutiny. There are the Democracy Now! reports and the resultant efforts of Representative Conyers. Also worth mentioning is that actor and activist Danny Glover has co-produced a film called Bamako that deals with the parent issue, the overall victimization of third world nations by the IMF, the World Bank, structural adjustment programs and the like, the very topics we discussed back in podcast number 56 and which form the backdrop to the vulture fund issue. I put a link on my data resources page to the Democracy Now! program on the film. And here's a way you can help. Jubilee UK has set up a web page where you can send an email to Donegal, Michael Sheehan's vulture fund seeking tens of millions of dollars from Zambia, asking that company to abandon its efforts to collect the money. There's a link to this Jubilee UK effort on my data resources page. What can you really say about this situation? It's a perfect illustration of greed unburdened by any sense of morality. Right-wing territory. The land of increased human misery, suffering, pain, and death. Paul Singer is a billionaire. Does he really need to augment his wealth anymore? And if he does need to, does he really need to do it this way? Why not ask your friendly local right-winger what they think of vulture funds? Please let me know their response. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right and vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. There's a one-click link to do each of those on the podcast homepage. You get to the podcast homepage by typing in Blast the Right in Google, and I'm the first result. A special shout-out to all you Live 365 and Red Dragon 365 listeners. Great to have you on board. Why not come over to the podcast homepage and subscribe? Then you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want.
A special thanks to Scott from www.youraverageidiot.com for preparing the audio clips for today. Scott, you were a real lifesaver. And now a word from the Progressive Podcast Network. The Progressive Podcast Network. Now we are the media. Listen to your media. Take your country back. ProgressivePodcastNetwork.org Music credits. The break music was L.A. Nightmare by 22 Caliber and Not the One Blues by Burnshee Thornside. We'll close with a little bit of We Can't Make It Here by James McMurtry. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Keep all that great email coming in. My address is rational at adelphia.net. You can also call in and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. If you prefer, you can leave your comment on Skype. My name there is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. We'll work for food, we'll die for oil, we'll kill for power, and to us the spoils. The billionaires get to pay less tax, the working poor get to fall through the cracks. So let them eat jelly beans, let them eat cake, let them eat sh- whatever it takes. They can join the Air Force or join the Corps if they can't make it here anymore. So that's how it is. That's what we got, and if the president wants to admit it or not, you can read it in the paper, read it on the wall, hear it on the wind if you're listening at all. Get out of that limo and look us in the eye. Call us on a cell phone, tell us all why.